0: Hi, and welcome to Natural Bliss Podcast for a better quality of life. I am your host, Joyce Wheeler, and I want you to go ahead and go over to Majestic Tira, click on shop at any of the images. It'll take you to our sister site. Where Right now, we're having a holiday sale, so you get 20% off of $50 or more with free shipping, and so that's on the whole site, the... uh, coupon code is SHARELOVE, all capitals. I will put it down in the description. Be sure to go and check out the Shungite for EMF protection. And I do, the with the jewelry, uh, you could get custom pieces made. Just go ahead and give me your measurements and what you want, and I will get that done for you. So anyway, today we have with us Mike Overly. And Mike is a lifelong dog fanatic He has had a gift of connecting with animals since he was a small child. Dogs have been with him most of his life, giving him gifts and teaching him lessons. His greatest breakthrough was after the death of his brother. While grieving this loss, he was fully awakened to his own potential and the gifts our animals bring to our lives. Now, he helps other men awaken to the gifts available to them from their dogs. He has dedicated himself to assisting men and their dogs discover their path to live in a a life full of purpose, being extraordinary, remembering. This is Michael's purpose, his mission on this earth. From helping save lives in a trauma center to doing energy work, energy healing work with people and animals. Michael's love for life shines through. He has trained in multiple energy healing modalities and infuses spiritual energy into everything he teaches, providing a safe space for healing and growth to occur. He knows what your dog is trying to show you and teach you. Come join them on a powerful expedition of finding you and remembering who you are. Hi, Michael. Thank you for being on the show today.
1: Absolutely. Thank you. I'm so excited.
0: So tell me what exactly happened when you, you were a child between you and your dog.
1: I don't know if it was any one thing. I just had this natural draw towards animals, um, and even before I had my first dog, I was over stealing the neighbors' kittens. Um, yeah, I just had this, this this thing, and I understand now that I ran my energy a little differently, and that I was able more easily able to connect and uh, and at times communicate with with animals better than I was people for sure.
0: Wow. So how does that communication? work? What does it
1: look like? Um, it looks like different things to different people for me. Um, for me, it's actually more challenging right now. I just, I just adopted a new dog and she and Uh I are not communicating well. It's fascinating. I'm like, well, I thought I was this, you know, (laughs) this big fancy dog guy. So it's really been interesting for me. I've actually had to reach out and get help. Um, yeah, no, no, but it's great. It's really good. Right. So it's, it's, I think my ego started getting in the way and it's too close for me. So I think that I should be able to do X, Y, and Z. And this dog is fantastic and she's smart and she's really challenging me. And it's, it's, uh, it's a really good lesson for me. Um, most of the lessons that I learned, I didn't know I was learning at the time. So through, through all these periods of my life and things with the dogs and the, the events, let's say traumatic events throughout my life, that I had these dogs were in my presence, they were giving me something, but I didn't get it at the time. So it wasn't until after the death of my brother where I went, Oh, and was able to look back and so oh, oh now all these things make sense. You know, the, the relationship between myself and that dog, the behaviors of the dog, the behaviors of the dog at that time during that event, all these things started to come to me. And I was like, Wow, I had no idea that. These teachers were, were here to help us so much.
0: Do you think that they were trying to prepare you for the death of your brother?
1: Um, yeah, yeah, in in one fashion or another, um, by making me more self-aware, um, making me realize that I can get through anything, um, helping me be more present, helping me understand that that I'm okay as I am. And so I'll, you know, bring all these lessons that we don't learn in our childhood and, and things that happen throughout our lives where we feel like we're not enough or we're not worthy. All of these dogs brought something different into that mixture for me.
0: So you have a book called Let Your Dog Lead. Could you mm-hmm. talk, talk about a little bit about that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Um, that was fascinating putting that together. So this is like an invitation for other guys to maybe look at life a little differently and understand that that dog sitting right there right next to him has been trying to tell him stuff. So it's a, it's a kind of a journey that I've that I went through from from being not a happy guy to going through all these things understanding that I could change things um, with help and I didn't do anything on my own but understanding that I can I can be gentle, I can be vulnerable, I can look at things very differently. I don't have to be this tough macho you know, smartest guy in the room have to know it all, do it myself person, and most most of us actually really aren't. So, no, but but we we want to we want others to believe that because we want to be seen as that. That's because that's important for our image.
0: But I think that society putting that on us too is that mm-hmm. as a as a man you had to be a certain way, as a yep. woman I'm supposed to be a certain way. Yep. You know. Yeah. And you know, your parents raised you? this box. Mm-hmm.
1: What? do what you? Saying? Sorry, I was, I was starting to say. Um, so we get those lessons from our parents. We get those lessons from our teachers. We get those from the guy at the corner store. Right? He he has an expectation of how you need to behave as a male or a female. Um, mm-hmm. And we we let all these different identities or layers be put upon us, and some some we put there ourselves without questioning. Right. So. I started questioning and I'm like, oh, I don't need this one. And I don't need this one. And so I, I started, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm starting to remember who I actually am.
0: That's great that you were able to do that because for for men, I don't think that's an easy thing to do because mm. they are raised. And I, I hear so so much. I hear when a boy, a child, a male child is crying, oh man. I'll, It's like, let him cry, he wants to cry. He feels validated crying. Why are you taking his feelings away from him? Mm -hmm. Let him cry. You know, he's not a man, he's a child. He's a little boy. I just, I can't understand why parents say stuff like that to their children, right? I mean, to tell them to stop crying at all, male or female, those are our emotions, our feelings. Our human feelings—that's what makes us a human being—and you're telling me that I'm not supposed to do this.
1: Well, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I know it makes no sense whatsoever, but that is probably what those people learned, right? That's what they were taught when they were the same age. You know, don't don't let them see you uh, injured, even. Right? Don't let them see you hurt. Don't let them see you cry. Don't let them see you upset. Don't make your mother mad. You know, all these messages we get that, um, yeah, I think each one tells us in some way that we're not enough and we need to do what they say because we can't trust ourselves.
0: Wow, that was a really powerful statement. I never thought about it like that. Um, it's so demeaning too, you know, to be like, well, is. you're you're not enough because you you don't have this capability or you don't look a certain way, you know, to, to no. put all the stigma on people, you know, I mean, just Absolutely. like I remember when I was in school, you know, them picking on the the girl who had extra weight on her, then picking on the child who wore glasses. And when I was in third grade, I had to get glasses and I would never wear them because I saw what, it, what happened to other people. I'm like, I'm not going through that.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So the dogs it. helped you get past all the stigma that our society put on you. Correct.
1: Yeah, but it, w- it was cumulative, right? So um, different dogs brought different things into my life at different times. Um, the greatest teacher I've had so far was named Darby. Um, and he's the one on my book. He's the one on my website. He was the most incredible. Um, oh, he was crazy. He was great. Well, he was the greatest catalyst of change in my life. He really helped me see things differently. I really started to notice different things and he was there and made himself available. You know, he, I mean, he really taught me how to meditate. It's fascinating. I I learned better how to meditate from my dog. It was great. And I turned other things into meditation. You don't have to sit on a pillow in front of a candle in the dark, right? Taking a walk can be a meditation. Walking your dog is actually a great meditation, but you know, we, we let all this stuff jumble and rumble and we're on our phones and doing all these things and distracted. He really taught me how to be present.
0: How did he, he do that?
1: He wouldn't, um, okay, here's a good example. Um, I'd be working away on the computer, you know, trying to get, get stuff done. I've got, I've got this coming up, that coming up. And he'd, he'd go to the back door and stand at the back door and turn and look at me. And I'm like, oh, okay, you want to go out. So I'd open the door and he wouldn't budge. And he'd look up at me. And it took me a while, but I kind of went, oh, oh, I need to go outside. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, you, you need to tune this stuff out, give yourself a break, be present, come outside, spend some time in nature. And we go, and sometimes we just go and just hang out under the tree, right? We didn't have to That's go sad. play. We didn't have to go for a walk. And I was like, whoa, this freaking dog is brilliant.
0: So um, when he talks, his dogs is catalysts for change.
1: So let's look at it this way. Most men, and I'm sure it's true for some women too, but most men who have dogs um, have a different type of bond with that dog. It's a different level of connection. We don't have anybody that we can talk to really for the most part. Um, We have, you know, we put on this mask for this friend and this mask for that friend and this mask for our parents and, but we don't allow ourselves to really be vulnerable. But when we're with our dogs, our heart rate goes down. Our cortisol levels drop. We just can go. And I know guys who actually talk to their dogs. Like they'll, they'll share, you know, they'll share their feelings and something that happened and, Oh, why'd she say that? Oh my God, I feel like this, but they can't share that with their wife or their partner or even their best friend. So the dogs have an automatic in. Now, I know people talk a lot about the unconditional love, but it, it's far more than just that. There's this level of acceptance. They're it's just fully loved, just fully accepted. They don't care if we're walking around our tidy whities, our hair's falling out. We got thick glasses on and you know need a shave and we got ear hair. No, They don't care about any of that. Right? They, they choose to be with us for a different reason. And it's to just let us know that we're all actually awesome on the inside. No matter what anybody else said, no matter what happened in junior high, no matter if you got divorced, you, you know, you got, you're an alcoholic, whatever the case may be, they don't care about that. They're just trying to shine a light back on us that we're just these beautiful people.
0: That's awesome. So outside of dogs, you had mentioned that you had an attachment with, with cats. So with cats, is it the same thing?
1: Um, For me, no, but I have, I have had a cat and neighborhood cats. Um, when I lived down in Colorado Springs, there was a cat that he'd just come in and make himself at home for a day or two. And he and Darby got along. They'd actually go take naps in the sun together. It was hilarious. Um, I had a cat when I was younger, cats are different, right? They bring something else to the table. They're severely independent most of the time. Um, And they're, they're funny and goofy in a different way. So I, I don't have as much experience with cats, but they have an energy that, you know, I saw a meme. Let let me go back to this. I saw a meme a while back and it's just little tiny kitten. And it says, hi, my name is Mittens. I will be your overlord for the next 20 years. (laughs) So cats, yeah, cats bring a different energy to the table. Um, I think they're also trying to show us something very, very important. And that lesson may be different from different people, but in that independence, they're saying, you know, I want to come spend time with you here, but not here but you're okay, right? They're not telling you that you're bad or that they don't like you, but they're just saying, ah, that's okay. I don't need that right now. And that's okay too. Yeah, dogs are just, uh, they're more in your face. They're a lot more yes. obvious. Um, and still we miss it. We still—we we can't read them. We miss the messages a lot.
0: Well, I pretty much have had cats. You, you know, my adult life, when I was a child, it was dogs. Hmm. Since I've been an adult, it's been cats. And actually, right before we started doing the podcast, I was outside petting one of my cats. Now, every time I go outside, if I sit down, she's in my lap. Mm-hmm. But she's got this thing that she does. She's she's gonna be six months old. She she'll come up and she'll rub my her, her nose against mine. And then she kind of like gives me hugs. She puts her head like on my body and she mm-hmm. like pushes in, but she's just and it's like, if she wants attention, she'll jump like up on my leg and it, you know, I mean, and with her, we've got this communication thing, hmm. but now with my other cats, I didn't have that, mm. but she's actually communicating with me, telling me, you know, even she'll even, you know, be after me for, to clean her litter box. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> clean it, clean it. It needs to be cleaned. Yeah. So... Uh, what about like other animals?
1: I mean, I hear people, you know, you hear about horse whisperers. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, horses are amazing. They have a gigantic energy field. Um, I mean, well, think about us. Think about the size of our heart. We we generate a certain amount of EMF, electromagnetic frequency from our heart. It's actually been studied. Horses mm-hmm. have a, you know, that, that creates an energy field, right? Horses create a Pretty big energy field, like gigantic. Uh, most dogs have a larger energy field than we do. Really? We were, Yes. Yeah. We, for some reason, we, ours stays pretty small and closer to the body. When dogs can have a, you know, a chihuahua can have this gigantic energy field. It's fantastic. Now think mm-hmm. about a horse. I think I have a massive energy field. So part of that for them is a horse is actually a, um, they're a prey animal. Right? Oh, right, they're not a hunter. A prey, P-R-E-Y. Yeah, I,
0: I, but I'm just. <clears throat> how is that? How are they a prey animal?
1: Well, they they don't hunt other animals, so they're not right. a predator, right? So right. They but built into their system is this massive energy field, so they're able to sense things that are really far away from them. Hmm. So we're, we're we're so visual, we're like oh, okay, I can see that fence post out there. They can pick up on things. They don't have to look at them. So they're sensitive to humans. There's a lot of work being done with horses, um, helping kids with disabilities, veterans with PTSD, all kinds of fantastic things going on out there. There's a woman that I'm a colleague with. She's about an hour from me. She, she has horses and goats that she works with with people for energetic healing.
0: Goats. that's interesting
1: yeah she's got a master's in psychology um and yeah and she works with horses and goats and it's absolutely fantastic
0: that's amazing Mm -hmm. so how are dogs energy healers
1: if you can open to it they allow you to get into another state where you can connect with things on a deeper level so um example of let's say darby when I was working on with my Reiki master, I was doing um, a training session on her and she had mentioned that she had trouble with her, one of her knees. And I was kind of like, okay, yeah well, yeah, we'll get there. But I wasn't addressing it. I was just kind of like, ah, the energy, I was being a little egotistical. <clears throat> anyway, Darby jumps on the table and lays across that knee and her pain went away. So I've witnessed wow. these. Oh my gosh. It's fantastic. I've witnessed these kinds of things with that dog. Um, Yeah, it's amazing. There's a dog in San Diego. Her name is Ricochet. She's actually a Reiki healer. Yeah, she's a surf dog. Surf dog Ricochet is is the name of the website. Um, But the dog is a certified Reiki healer.
0: How is it possible?
1: <laughs> well, I guess anything's possible. How she's, does a
0: dog get certified?
1: Um, she's been through the attunements, through <coughs> through Reiki masters, and um, and she does amazing work, and she's healed, helped heal a lot of people.
0: Yeah. Do you believe in reincarnation? Mm-hmm. So maybe it's possible she was reincarnated from a Reiki master.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we we're, we all have the potential. We all have that in us, right? We just, we don't realize that. And we don't, you know, we, we, most people hear about it these days. And like, Oh, that's all that's that's crap. That's bold. Well, Mm -hmm. quantum physics has already proven that everything literally is energy. Right. So it's not that far a leap to think that someone might be able to not, not necessarily control, but access energy better.
0: Right. Well, you know, and that's the thing too, that with our society, we're not taught things about our body. We're taught to go to a Western medicine practitioner Mm -hmm. and get a little pill and take that for the rest of our lives. You know, they don't talk about our energy levels in our body or how we can tend to them. They don't talk to us about the vagus nerves. They don't talk to us about our gut microbiome, Mm -hmm. how important our oral health is. All these things that we should know so we could actually keep our bodies healthy. And we're not being told. Instead, no. it's like, well, no, that's that's just woo woo. You know, that doesn't do anything.
1: No, and, and especially now with with what's going on in our in our world, you think they'd be promoting better nutrition and health
0: mm-hmm.
1: as opposed to more medicines and this, that, and the other. When was it ever a bad thing to actually take care of yourself? That's that's where we got lost.
0: Well, because they don't want us to take care of themselves ourselves. Because if they did. Then they wouldn't be making any money. I had a I, I had spoken to another gentleman who's gonna be a guest on the show, we were talking, and he had said that he, he had diabetes. And he went to his doctor and he said, Well, I want to get it from here to here. And she said, Why do you want to do that? She got rid of him as a pa- patient because he got himself off of the meds. <laughs> I heard one doctor say, and I couldn't believe this. One doctor had said, well, if people weren't sick, we wouldn't be making any money. I was like, really? Yeah. You want sick people? So you don't want healthy people. But that's not what our medical system is about.
1: No, they don't. Yeah. A lot of them don't want to help. A lot of them just want to make some money.
0: Yeah. So what it's all about. But that's also the pharmaceutical companies. So tell me, what does being an alpha male really mean? (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh, I love this one. So we have it wrong. Someone took a concept and twisted it to mean something else. If, if you actually studied alpha males in the wild, let's say with wolves, you would notice, realize, understand that they don't just walk around and, and snarl and grump and bite and, and act, you know, just throw their weight around. An alpha leader actually sits back, has a super strong and powerful presence, but doesn't need to be in control of everything. We've turned it around. We've turned it alpha male. It's this big chest thumping, macho go-getter. Blah, blah, blah. No, a true alpha leader allows the other pack members to do their jobs. If something needs to be corrected, then they'll be on it, but they trust their people. You know, the wolves trust their pack to do what they need to do. That's what an alpha leader is. An alpha can be super, and you can wash them with their own pups. They're not beating their pups up. They're gentle fathers. So they can be gentle yet strong, right? They can be sweet and tough. Right. That's an alpha male. All
0: right. So it's, it's kind of like my middle son. When he was younger, he was always bossing around my youngest son. They're two years apart. And I had a lady come and explain to me that he's a leader. That's why he's doing this. So I was able to talk to him and talk to him about the difference between how leaders don't just boss people around, you know, kind of like what you're saying. Mm -hmm. You know, they sit back and they observe. They take in what's going on around them, and they also take information from other people and put it to good use for the whole group, instead of you know putting it forth just their own ideas. Do listen to what everybody has to say. So he's grown. He's grown. He has grown up to be a really awesome guy. He knows he's a leader, but he's realized, you know, the type of leader that he should be versus the type of leader that he was trying to be as a child. that's one thing too that parents aren't aware of is why their children are behaving the way that they're behaving. I mean, I didn't understand it. Somebody else had to say, hey, look, I have a child. I had a child that was just like this and this is why he's doing what he's doing. But you're right, we do. We have this perception that an alpha male is very dominant, very aggressive. Even when it comes to the animal world, you know, but it's like you were just using the wolf is a great example. I love wolves. Mm-hmm. That's a great example. So, how can people understand what their dog is trying to tell them?
1: Start paying attention. You know, most people think of their dog as the, almost as like a, a possession or a toy. You know, it's just there for their comfort and pleasure. Well, there's, there's a whole, and for some folks, that's exactly what the dog is there for. Maybe that's exactly what they need. But for most people, their dog, there's, there's other messages. There's other things that they're trying to get you to notice. You know, if, if your dog is tearing up stuff in the house, what else is going on in the house? You know, if your dog's <laughs> starting to destroy the yard, tear things up, dig things up, what else is going on? We we want to we see this other behavior and we think that something's wrong over there. Well, there might be something going on here. Hmm. Maybe we're more stressed out at work. Maybe we're having trouble in our relationship. Maybe we're upset with our kids. Dogs are energetic beings; they pick up on all of that.
0: Right. All animals do. Mm-hmm. They they pick up on our emotions. Going back to what you're talking about about Darby going. I think it was Darby going in laying on this woman's leg Mm -hmm. or this person's leg. I haven't heard about that, but I heard, (coughs) excuse me, a story about uh, a person, I can't remember male or female, had two smaller, it was either dog or cats. And one of them, they would lay in different places. Well, it turned out that there was actually something physically going on in those two places. (coughs) <coughs> Excuse me. <laughs> it's this garbage they have going on. Mm-hmm. But they were trying, the, the animals were trying to let him know that there was something wrong.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're communicating with us a <laughs> lot.
0: Okay, a little bit of a technical issue right there, but we are back. Back with our my, my guest Mike Overly, and we have been talking about how animals can help us to basically improve ourselves, help us to be better people, help us to be the people we were intended to be, instead of how, what we're molded into. So, Mike, what else would you like to share as far as the animals go and how they can help us?
1: Um- they're constantly trying to communicate with us. So if you can slow down just a little bit, um, you know, if your dog's coming up to you and keeps nudging you, keeps nudging you, don't get irritated. Maybe actually stop, you know, turn off the game, whatever, and say, Hey, what do you need? You know, maybe they want to get you outside because they, they feel that you're stressed. Maybe they would, maybe they just want to go play a little bit because they know you could use a smile. Um, maybe they got to pee, you know, we we just we think we can automate it. They're like little robots. We let them out at this time, this time, and this time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, they're living beings, so um, they're constantly trying to communicate with us. Start paying more attention to your dog and what they're doing.
0: I had a dog one time. I know. Uh, I had just gotten her, and she was kind of growling at me, sort of, and I didn't think anything of it. And then later on, I went to the bathroom and she had done her business on the floor. Well, I put two and two together and went, oh, she was telling me she needed to go out. Mm -hmm. So whenever she would do that, and she was a real smart drug too. It was like she would tell me when she needed food. Um, At that point, we were living in a basement apartment. So when she wanted to come in, she would go and scratch on the window. to let me know that she wanted back in. So... I think though, that some animals communicate m- more than others. Yep. Why do you think that is?
1: I think maybe they have bigger lessons to teach. I think that the person might somewhere down in there be a, more available to listen. Maybe they haven't noticed yet, but there's there's something there. Now I mean, just just like not all people are the same. not all animals are the same. True. You know, you wouldn't just go bring an elephant into your house and expect to have the same relationship that you had with your dog for 15 years. That doesn't make sense. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's there's reasons things happen, and there's synchronicities that happen in your life that you don't notice. There's a reason that dog is there.
0: Right. I was gonna say something, and I just left my head. Oh, I when I got the cat that I have right now. I was thinking of names for her. Hmm. And it was like none of the names that I wanted to give her suited her personality. <laughs> so it was like I wanted to call her like sparkle, you know, something cute, but her, her name's Ninja, because that cat's got some ninja moves that I've never seen cats do before. <laughs> she, Perfect. She's a very unique cat. My husband was out there working on a working. On the greenhouse, they need the ladder up there, and she ran all the way up the ladder, sat up on the top, very top of it, and started playing with her tail. And then just ran right back down. He's like, He would, he would, grew up with, with cats all his life. He's like, I have never seen a cat do that.
1: Oh, well, I, so, I was wonder like, what she was telling him.
0: That's a good question. <laughs> um, yeah. hmm, that's very interesting. Interesting. I, another, I, yeah, another thing that she does is we have an enclosed patio and right by the door we have our grill. So she gets up and she'll sit on the grill. And my husband comes in, me. she goes, she goes like this to him. <laughs> I think it's because she wants him to pet her. That's why I think she wants.
1: Or she's but saying, like hey, she come here it. and grill some fish.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. That's funny. Yeah, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't mind some grilled fish. Sounds pretty good to me.
1: That does. I'll be right over.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what's in your future, Mike?
1: Oh, man. So the book is out, so I'm super excited about that. Um, I am actually working on hosting a summit, which is going to be on March 18th and 19th to kick off spring. So this nice. is going to be, a, this is, this is big for me. This is really big. Um, it's going to be focused around trauma and PTSD and, and other ways to heal.
0: Nice. Yeah. So in your, your bio, you say that you're, You're versed in other heat, uh, energy work and healing modalities. Mm -hmm. Obviously, Reiki is one of them. What other modalities are you versed um, in?
1: Yeah, great question. So um, I started off with healing touch for animals. Um, I I thought I was going to be, you know, I had this vision of being this this great animal healer. And I had a couple of horses teach me otherwise one day. But um, so I started with Healing Touch for Animals and I've um, I've started on a couple of different Reiki masters. On di- diff- you know, there's different types and it's kind of interesting to me. It all comes from the same source, but it has to be what resonates with you. Um, I've been introduced to pranic healing, seikijutsu, um, oh, I can't remember. There's, an, there's another one. Not Seiki Jutsu. Anyway, um, energy movement through Qigong, which is an ancient martial art form. Well, it was actually not meant as a martial art. Tai Chi is about 800 years old, but that's coming from Qigong, Gong, which is about 2000 years old. Um, and it's, it can be so powerful. So I, I yes. do my own work and one and day blended something together. I didn't even know what I was doing and um, just had this phenomenal experience. And now I can just access things in a different way.
0: So are you able to teach Qigong? Gong?
1: Um, actually, yeah, that's how I met my girlfriend. I was teaching Qigong in the park for free when COVID started last year. <laughs> oh, so no, I'm, I'm not a certified instructor. Um, and the, the type I do, again, is something very different. And it's extremely slow. And it's, it's slow for a reason. It actually helps to rewire your nervous system. Because we're we're so used to doing everything so quickly, and most qigong and a lot of tai chi movements are very slow and flowing. Well, I take it to an
0: extreme
1: when I do movements. I mean, because we're not used to thinking that way, we're not used to moving that way. Um, and do, I do. I I'm in some Native American dance kind of things, and also really? and anim, yeah, animal mimicry, and uh, it's yeah, it's funky. <laughs>
0: I'd be interested to see that, see what that looks like.
1: Ah, I should record some videos someday.
0: Yeah, that'd be cool. I like Qigong. And the thing about Qigong, too, is that the movements are actually giving our insides, our organs, a a massage. Mm -hmm. And I like to do Qigong because I can feel the energy with the movements. Mm-hmm. I feel my body with that energy and then I like to go meditate I just feel like they goes together really nicely but there's this uh woman who has a video out and she goes through the whole entire body so I really like that one it's about 15 minutes long
1: ah. that's
0: the one that I do that's the one that I do
1: I, um, I like uh, Lee Holden and Robert Pang uh-uh. So Lee Holden is, uh, is an American, but he actually trained under some masters um, in the Far East. And then Robert okay. Pang is, is, uh, is Chinese, who trained under um, another master, cured him of a heart issue that he had when he was, I think, five years old. Um, hmm. And so, he's, yeah, he's interesting guy, too. Robert Pang, he's good.
0: I'll have to check him out so what was the the one of the modalities you mentioned i've never heard about was it prana prana
1: p think yeah think of prana and it's called pranic healing p-r-a-n-i-c
0: i'm not familiar with that
1: so i think it was a korean doctor who came up with that and he has he has a series of movements that he to to kind of start the energy flowing for people um some different exercise and stuff that you do in the beginning. It's actually quite interesting.
0: And then what was the other modality you said?
1: Um, Seiki Jutsu. Um, what's
0: that?
1: It's called non-subtle energy. And so it, um, what's another way to put it? Shaking medicine. Yeah, it's interesting.
0: I That's think it. I've seen people where you're literally shaking your body. Mm-hmm. I think I've seen people do that. Is yeah. it, I know that one of the movements in the qigong is like the end of it. You go up onto your toes and then you come down to shake the qi. So may have the qi settle. So she explains it You know, like when you have flour and you're shifting it to get get it smooth. Mm -hmm. it's kind of like what she she said that this is doing you go back to your heels and then you you come down and you kind of shakes the body so that it it levels out the the chi
1: yeah again there's just so many wonderful things coming out and expanding and there's things that previously didn't want to be released especially to our country i wonder why um but like like Reiki, it was you know, it was it was Japanese, and the Japanese don't don't ever let the Americans learn this. Don't teach it. And there was a woman in Hawaii who was a direct descendant from um, from the founder, and she decided no, they need it too, and she's actually the one that brought Reiki to America.
0: I think I've heard that story before. Yeah. Why is it? Do you think that they didn't want us to know?
1: Um, they probably thought we didn't deserve it. Is my
0: guess. Well, you know, that confuses me as to why other countries, you know, feel that way about Americans when our government is not us, our government is not the people. Mm -hmm. You know, we're two separate deities. But but what
1: do they see? What do they hear about on the news, right? right. They're not hearing about you and me in our homes trying to help people. They're hearing about the stupid stuff our government's doing. Mm So, yeah, we're just being judged.
0: But they're also they're also hearing about those stupid stuff that you know is going on here, mm-hmm. that is being set up. So that's what people see, you know. So yeah. that's something well,
1: and, else and we haven't been too kind to of foreigners as a country. So,
0: well, not not we haven't. Our government has. I don't know because I was born and raised in Chicago, and. Before I left, and I left there in 2005, I would say in the early 90s, there was an influx of people coming there from Poland. Hmm. And I was being told by them that they were coming. The government was paying for their housing, plus giving them additional money to live on for a certain amount of time, I t- so they could get settled. Oh, that's nice. So that that, that that doesn't sound to me like, you know, where you're not good to other people from other countries. I don't know about anybody else though, you know, it's just that the neighborhood I was living in, a lot of the Polish immigrants in that neighborhood. So I did get a chance to talk to them. But they were also very, they were rude we were very rude people which you know for me it it was a horrible thing because I'm like 75% Polish
1: oh interesting
0: you're my people and this is the way you act it's like oh gosh no but yeah so uh, what other modalities have you dabbled in
1: Um, there's one called reconnective healing and what's that Uh, I don't have enough time to explain it. We'd need about 12 hours. <laughs> wow. Yeah. There's a guy who I think he started as a chiropractor if I'm remembering correctly, he started <laughs> this modality and basically was given to him one day. And so now he teaches others to do that. So,
0: so is that an energy worker? Or...
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Oh, and, and I mean, don't stop there. There's, there's probably a hundred others that I haven't mentioned. It's just not, hasn't made it into mainstream yet.
0: Wow. So what else do you dabble in? Uh, dabble? Yeah.
1: Oh dabble. God. Let's see. I'm dabbling on helping as many people as I can before I leave the planet. Um, I have been thinking about coming up with a way to help people find a dog for them like an energetic matching service.
0: Oh, uh, kicked, how cool is that?
1: Yeah, yeah, I've kicked that around a little bit. Um, yeah, so there's going to be at least one more book. So yeah, I got a couple of things on my plate. But the big thing coming up is that summit. So that's taken a lot of, I had no idea how daunting it was to try and <laughs> to develop a summit. So that's taken some time, but I've already got speakers lined up, some speakers lined up. And working on all the tech side of everything. And um, yeah, that should be interesting.
0: That sounds like it's going to be a good summit. You know, and trauma is a real big topic these days, too. Especially mm-hmm. past, past trauma and how it stays in your body. Yeah. And, you know, can come out. And, you know, all of us have been through some kind of trauma. Now, well, that's no a matter. thing. You're,
1: you're absolutely right. Everybody's Everybody's got their stuff right? Everybody's had something. So.
0: Yeah. If you, if you've looked on this planet, you've had something. <laughs> so do you deal with crystals at all?
1: No, I, I did. I you know got interested in them and looked at some different things and um, I didn't resonate with it as much. I thought they were beautiful. And mm-hmm. there's some, there's some powerful things. I mean, these are, again, of the same source. We're all from the same source, but it just didn't right. resonate with me as much.
0: Because yeah, I know a it's... lot of right Reiki masters will use mm-hmm. crystals.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and there's, uh, people do crystal bowl healing. And it's a sound healing made from crystal okay. bowls.
0: So, I knew this uh, woman, she, well, she, she ended up moving to uh, another state, but she had a business where she didn't use the crystal bowls. she used the t- Tibetan bowls mm-hmm. and she would use that and kind of like place it on on people, yeah, for healing. Yeah, I'm real sensitive to, I'm real sensitive to energy. So when she hit the bowl, I had my hands on the table. and all of a sudden I, I just started feeling sick. and it's mm-hmm. a different kind of sick. You know, it's like, I really can't explain the feeling, but I've had the feeling when I first got my first sh- shipment of guide. I had it then, me and my husband went rock hounding, we hit a pit of black tourmaline, and I had it there, we went over the courts, I was fine, I went to the Tucson Gem and Mineral Show. And, like, the buildings where there were a lot of vendors and a lot of people, I had that same thing there. And it's funny because all these times I wasn't putting two and two together, that it was the energy that was making me feel off. But, yeah. So you have people like that, too, people who are very sensitive to oh, the yeah. energy.
1: Yeah, I mean, know, I, can, so I can walk into a room or even a building at times, and I'm like, oh, that does not feel good. I wonder what's going on here.
0: Yeah. So are you also an empath? hmm Okay. Yeah. On, on what level? I mean, do you, my daughter and I were talking about this yesterday because we're both empaths, but for me, I don't, I don't take on people's emotions. Do yeah. You, no, do you have a...
1: I feel, uh, I feel things very deeply. And so i I've, I've <clears throat> I've been working on trying to recognize, is that mine or is that somebody else's? You know, is it just situational? Is it geographical? You know, what's going on? And being able to just isolate that so I can still feel it, but I don't have to take it on.
0: Right. I don't take it on. My daughter doesn't take it on. But I've been at events where somebody will come up and start talking to me and tell me stuff. And I'll be like, you're an empath, aren't you? Sometimes they know what it is, other times they don't. Yeah. Until I start talking to them. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And one thing about being an empath is people can't water you. <laughs> because we 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 can feel that energy. It's like, okay, mm-hmm, BS. Yeah. <clears throat> so is there anything else that you want to share with our audience before we end this?
1: Um just do whatever you need to do to take care of yourselves these days. And if something doesn't feel right, then, you know, listen to your gut. Listen to your gut. Right. We, we've forgotten how to, you know, intuition, inner knowing, whatever you want to call it. It's, it's telling you something for a reason. So pay attention to that. Um, and if you have an animal, see if you can just sit with them. Just sit. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to say anything. Just sit and see if you can feel their energy. It's fantastic.
0: And if people want to get in touch with you, where can they reach
1: you? Um, They can reach me through my website, www.dogsandmen.com. I'm on Facebook. I've got um, a couple pages. One is Mike Overly author. I've got one um, just under Michael Overly. And they can email me directly at michael at dogsandmen.com.
0: And Overly is spelled O-V-E-R-L-I-E. And I'll put that. In the description.
1: Yep, so you got it.
0: Everybody knows how to display your name. So great. perfect. All right then. Well, Mike, you on the show. I really enjoyed it. Great Thank conversation. You. And um, so we'll just say goodbye.
1: <laughs> All right.
0: And everybody, Thank you for your time. keep sh- Thank you. Keep shining your light.